Hello, this is Saul Gonzalez, lead pastor of Lifehouse Church, and welcome to our podcast. Thank you so very much for joining us today. I believe that through this message, God will encourage you, challenge you, and better yet, change you for the glory of God and for the purposes God has called you. Enjoy this message. Hallelujah, hallelujah. So I want to um, have you just bow your heads with me, close your eyes just for a minute. And I'm, if you were able to, um, in your heart, identify something that God has been asking you to do and or something, a step, you're just your next step. I'd like to have you not think three steps or five steps ahead. What's, what's your next step that God would have you do? It could be a call to someone you love. It could be asking someone to forgive you. Perhaps um, returning tomorrow to work and setting the stage for what needs to be a more peaceful environment. But, but I sense in my heart that on many of us, that God has been speaking already in your heart that today's message is going to confirm about something that you need to be doing or in a direction you need to be moving in. So as you bow your heads with me, I'd like to ask the Holy Spirit to help us codify it, like solidify it, like bring it to your memory and, and then bring it as a burden or as your next step. Father, I just pray and I thank you for your presence. Thank you for the presence of God in this very house. And thank you that through your spirit, you can speak to us and interact as if we were one, one voice, one God, one audience. And you're speaking. You, you have an opportunity if we allow you to speak aloud. Just, just, just to make your direction and your will known for our lives. Perhaps the two greatest questions ever pondered, ever said, Paul, when he has an encounter on his way to Damascus and he meets Jesus and he says, who are you? Who are you? And then what do you want me to do? So who are you, God, in my life? What's, where's your place? And then what would you have me do? That is the very centerpiece of why we're here today. I pray that the Holy Spirit would enhance that question and bring it to fruition through Christ Jesus, we pray, to the glory of God. And God's people say, amen and amen. Let's give the Lord a clap offering for the worship. Everyone that is here today, thank you. We value, value your decision to be here in the house of God here at LifeHouse. Today's message is going to be simply a, an imperative, a command, if you will, to move. Um, if we don't move, then uh, you and I will suffer the consequences that happens when you languish, uh, when you linger for too long in any one place, um, when you get sedentary, when you get comfortable, when there isn't a next challenge, a next step, uh, a next push in your life, and, and you all of a sudden become comfortable because you don't have a mandate. There's nothing inside you compelling you, uh, moving you um, to move, to, to take a next step. There isn't a sense of urgency in some of our lives. Or there's the three great uh, motivations that God uses. One is revelation. The other one is desperation. And then the other one is, is to have a sense of, uh, of, of what is your, um, what moved, if you will, the prodigal son uh, was the next step was, was basically he came to to himself. It was realization. So revelation moves you like you have a revelation. And most of us are, are not um, like recipients of revelation. 
Um, some of us are moved by desperation. Um, like we're moved when we hit the bottom of the barrel. You're about to lose something you love, someone you love, a relationship, a, a job, a standing, um, a way of life, a career. And then the other one is just the realization, the realization that I've got to move. Like, for example, the four lepers, uh, they had no visitors from God. Uh, they didn't have a visit uh, like, like the prodigal son. No angel came to them. No prophet from afar land to tell the, the, these four lepers. They just came to the realization. They, they, they used the, the, the gift of knowledge, the gift of, of identity, of knowing who they were, of knowing their condition, of knowing the realization, uh, looking at their environment. And we're going to be uh, looking at a story that a lot of us are familiar with uh, in Scripture. Um, and they realize we can't go back. We can't sit here. Uh, if we do, we're going to die. And there's just the power of realization. It's because a lot of us are waiting for a revelation. A lot of us are waiting for somebody to come and give us a word from God. When all you have to do is look at your situation. All you have to do is be real about your dynamic, about your relationship. You don't need a prophet. You need, you need to be honest. Uh, you need a dose of reality. You've you, you got to stop lying to yourself and, and waiting for someone else to be the person that makes the first move. And uh, you, you don't need, uh, uh, honestly, you need to humble yourself. Uh, you don't need somebody else to admit what they did to you. You just realize what it's doing to you. What somebody did to you doesn't matter. It's what it's doing in you that really matters. It's not what somebody said about you. So what? It's your thin skin that needs addressing, right? It's your pride that needs uh, to, to be looked at. It's, it's the, uh, the victim or the plain and victim, the plain of victim uh, that, that really gets us into trouble. And or it's looking at the circumstances through uh, um, uh, lenses that are not real. So I, I, would you uh, just bow your heads with me? I, I started by that. And then, so Father, I pray that you allow us to identify the next step. Uh, allow us to identify what really is beyond or, or beyond uh, the pale of our own ability to see. And just give us understanding today. Give us a spirit of understanding, of sobriety, of sobriety uh, that would allow us to understand. Just one step, one step. That doesn't need to be three. Just, just the one next step that is going to bring us closer to, to the next step. And then the next step that you have for our lives. And in Jesus' name, I pray to the glory of God and God's people say, amen. So I'd like for all of us to have allow Jesus uh, beyond to, to lead you beyond and uh, our ability and beyond your resources and allow Jesus to, to go beyond. So allow the Jesus that you know that is in your heart, in your spirit. If you give him access, if you give him permission, he will go beyond your own abilities and your own resources to bring about a breakthrough. Um, he is the ultimate provider. And so all of us need to stop limiting God by giving God access to areas in your heart that perhaps you have not given him access before. I'm going to get right to the message, and the message calls for you to move from self-dependency to God-dependency. To, to move from being dependent on your own abilities. Uh, the, the Proverbs says that, that lean not on your own understanding. Don't allow your own pride uh, to be what limits you. So 
So, so for all of us to consider God, allow God uh, the amplitude, the, uh, the awareness or the access, and to be careful not to lean on your own understanding, not to allow, again, our own mind or our own thinking to limit what God wants to do for you and moving from self-dependency to God-dependency. The setting of today's story before I read the scripture is that, um, well, let's read the scripture and then I'll, I'll share with you the setting. So Jesus comes, there's a, the 5,000 men and women, or 5,000 men without counting uh, the women, and the, the children that are, after a while, they're in desperate straits. Um, they are uh, famished, they're hungry, they're desperate because internally they're, they, they're, they're all having needs like we are today, like something's wrong, something's broken, there's an emptiness or, or perhaps there's, there's hurt, there's pain, uh, there's a fic- affliction, addiction, fixation, obsessions, um, something's not right in your workplace, in your home or in your heart. Uh, that's what, what those, that multitude uh, is very, very much in keeping with all of us in our needs today. And, and so they came not only famished uh, physically, desperate emotionally, or in their souls and in dire straits spiritually. As a matter of fact, Jesus described them as sheep that were hurting, sheep that were wounded, sheep that were lost. So I'll say that again. Jesus describes them as sheep, uh, the, the multitude, all of us here that are hurting. Some were wounded and some were lost because he says they were like a sheep without a shepherd. And so all of us um, can understand or can, um, can relate to that. The place, the Bible says, was remote, was a distant place. It was desert-like and outside or uh, far or at least a distance away from villages and cities. And pretty soon they began to be hungry. The response of the, of the um, disciples, especially in, in Matthew and in Luke, the disciples said to Jesus when they realized that they've been there for two or three days, uh, Jesus, uh, the place is desert-like, the, the hour is late, and, and the people are hungry, they're weak, some of them are beginning to faint. Uh, send them away. That was, the, that was the human, the logical, the church that, that says, what do we do? The, the church had has lost its compassion because when Jesus saw them, Jesus saw them. He had a vision. And he saw them like sheep that were hurting and wounded and desperate um, and lost without a shepherd. And the Bible says he had compassion on them. But the response of the the natural response is logical, is send them away. They they need to find shelter. They need to find food in the different villages and towns nearby. And then Jesus just, just changes the paradigm and tells the disciples and tells the church, you feed them. So you feed them. And, and then it's, it's an astonishing command because within their, the sphere of their resources or their time or their abilities, they're, they're uh, at a loss. They are at a loss because they begin to think, what, what did he say? For us to feed them? So maybe they look at what they had available. Maybe they, somebody had a morsel or two. Uh, Judas had the purse, which good luck with that. Um, and, and so Jesus goes and approaches uh, uh, Philip. And he asked Philip a question that was already loaded, but not as a trick question, and not as a gotcha question, but as a, a question to move Philip from, from natural thinking, from, from human thinking, from his mind, earthly dimensional thinking, because when God will, will, will move you, will put a burden in your heart about doing something for someone, the natural response is, 
Yeah, like, why me? I, I can't do it. Uh, pastor, I'm hurt or I'm wounded or, or I'm not good enough. I, I didn't study. I, I'm not a theologian. Uh, some of us say some of these things and I wrote them down. I'm not smart enough. I'm not good enough. I'm not pretty enough. Pastor, I struggle with guilt. Pastor, I struggle with hidden sin. Um, I'm not worthy. Um, some of us say, Pastor, um, I'm, I struggle with spirit of unforgiveness. I'm angry. I'm hurt. Um, I, um, I grew up in an environment that devalued me, hurt me, undermined me. Um, I'm currently struggling as it is. Pastor, I'm barely getting by. Why would God want me to do something or for someone? Why would I get involved when I am barely surviving my home, my relationship, my job? Um, and I'm hurting and I, and I have trust issues. I, I have trust issues. I'm struggling with jealousy or envy or hatred. Uh, and a lot of us have these feelings, these emotions that we're struggling. And, and so Jesus uh, says to Philip, in this environment, uh, he says, uh, Jesus, when he saw the huge crowd, uh, they were coming to him to look to him or for him. And turning to Philip, he said, and he asked, uh, where can we buy bread to feed all of these people? So there's a multitude. And Jesus drops a loaded question to, to Philip. Where can we find bread? Where uh, can we find bread uh, to, f to feed all of these people? So he was testing him. The Bible says Jesus was testing Philip for he already knew what he was going to do. Jesus already knew what he was going to do. Um, in many, many ways, God is asking the church and you and all of us to do something that is outside your sphere of comfort zone, your comfort zone. Um, he's asking you to think um, possibility uh, thinking, if you will, or impossibility thinking. And, and already God has the answer if we look to him, if we, if we move from dependency, from your abilities to his abilities. If, if, if you're able to move from, from your reality to God's reality. So when Jesus says and he teaches us to pray, our Father who art, where is he? In heaven, hallowed we, hollow we, bless uh, your name. And then it says your kingdom come. And then it says your will be done on earth as it is where? In heaven there is no inhibitions. In heavens there are no impossibilities. Uh, in the kingdom realm there's nothing that God cannot do. Not at one heart that he can't change. Not one person under your purview that God cannot transform. There's no son so rebellious. No daughter so far gone. There's no relationship that is so dead that God cannot resurrect it. That God cannot change it. Uh, and so thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is, as it is in, in heaven. And then he says, thank you, God, that you are the God that provides daily bread. So I don't have to necessarily worry about daily bread. I need to worry about my kingdom come, thy will be done mindset. I need to worry about my theology that has to do with whatever you do in heaven. In heaven, there are no inhibitions. There are no limitations. In heaven, there are no, uh, there is no um, thief that comes and undermines um, and, and, and do your will in my life and in my relationships in my reality um, as it is as your will is done in heaven let it be done in my realm in my life how many say amen 
So the question is, how do we feed them? From where do we feed them? And, and Philip says, Lord, look at his answer. Um, it, he was testing them. And Philip replied, even if we worked, even if we worked uh, for months, there's another version that says eight months, another, the, the whole year's wages, a whole year's wages is not enough to even feed them a morsel. Not even to give them a morsel because the, the crowd was so gargantuan and, and so large that it just boggled the mind of Philip. It boggled the mind. So the idea is how do we move from the, our, our, our own resources and our own dependency. And I'd like to get everyone here to at least admit that we have to move. That, that you have to do something different. That we can't keep doing every, the things that we've done normally. Even as a church, even as a church, we can't keep doing the normal, simple, everyday things and expect different outcomes. Uh, that if we don't rattle somebody's cage, our cage, if we don't dust ourselves, if we don't change the paradigm, if you don't change your position, if you don't move at least from there to here. Some of you, for example, it would, it would help you to move pews. Just move one pew. Just, just from way back there or up there, just, just get close. Just, just change the perspective, the environment. It doesn't matter what pew you look, you, you sit, you know, you choose. I'm good looking in every every vantage point. I'm the yeah, like okay. It does, but but what happened is that your 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 perspective changes uh, when you move. When you move, how many say Amen? The the four lepers. Abraham had to move. If if Abraham was going to be the father of faith, he had to move. Uh, so God tells them, you have to move. You can't stay here with your parents, and you can't stay here in your land. You can't stay in your comfort zone. You better move. So God tells Elijah, Elijah, you can't stay in that cave. I know it's comfortable. I know you're secure, but you better come out of that cave because I have something I have something I want to say to you. And so Elijah was used to God being a God of fire. So there was fire, there was thunder, uh, there was a strong wind, there was an earthquake, but God was not in the fire, in the earthquake or in the wind. And so when he moved out of his position, his comfort zone, God speaks to him through a whisper. A soft whisper, and the whisper was so awe-struck. It, it, it just basically, he was, he was nonplussed. He was overwhelmed by the power of the whisper of God. So God can rattle cages. God can uh, shake the earth. God can move through wind and fire. But thank God that most of the times he'll speak with a gentle voice, a whisper, a sound, the Holy Spirit. Just a voice that says, Muevete. Muevete. That's Hebrew. For those of you that don't know English, it's, 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 it's Greek uh, to, to just get going, to shift the environment, change the per paradigm, uh, make that call, move. If not, you and I, this church and all our relationships will end up having the same results, even if we work for months was his response. So I'd like to challenge all of us. For, for example, what's that next step that will take you to that next stage? So all of us can identify in my heart, I have a few things or a next step that God has been speaking. Linda and I have been talking about just getting reorganized and doing things differently so that we allow, so we're thinking to, to have more time for God and more time. What would give us more time for God and more time for our kids in that order? That, that's what we're doing. Um, and then the church. Okay. So, so, so if some of you get offended, that's okay. No, I'm just kidding. So, so because what's the next step will take you to the next stage. 
uh, it'll take you to the next platform. Because there are no, in, 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 in Christianity, folks, every once in a while there is an overnight miracle, but that's the exception. There's no easy peasy breakthroughs in the kingdom of God. There are rarely instantaneous, immediately immediate, painless, effortless, meaningful transformational experiences. Real change comes when you decide to take one step uh, and embrace a process that requires your full attention and your full cooperation. Uh, Philip, how do we feed this multitude? Uh, most of us want the product and shun and begrudge the process. We want an outcome. We want a miracle, but we don't want the mess that comes uh, involved as part of that miracle. Uh, we, we want our eyes open, but we don't want the mud in our face. So we want to see, but we won't want mud in my eyes. I don't want a spittle in my face like Jesus spit on this other blind man in, in the Mark chapter 8. And, and the, the blind man of, of John 9 says just this, like, like he is overwhelmed. Jesus basically is going to heal him, but he puts mud in his eyes, mud, and then he gives him uh, instructions. Instead of saying, Peter, John, take him by the hand. This guy's blind after all. Let's, 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 be, let's feel sorry for this blind man. No way, Jose. So Jesus was not about to have pity on anybody that wanted a pity party. Look at me, I'm blind. Even, even uh, Bartimaeus, the blind Bartimaeus, he's yelling his, his, his face off. He's yelling, Jesus, creating a scandal. Scandalous, Jesus, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. So, so he just stops the parade and he tells people, go bring him here. He, Jesus didn't go over there. Even a blind man needs to walk where Jesus is. I'll say even a blind man needs to get out or throw away his cloak of blindness and commiseration and your begging posture and get moving to where God wants you. You got to move. You've got to have this sense of indignation and that nothing is going to change unless you, you cast, uh, unless you cast, you're never going to cast, uh, catch fish unless you cast uh, your, your, your hook and, uh, and your bait. What's your bait? What, what are you offering? What, what is God having you do that's going to change your destiny? Because a lot of us have been going round and round the same circle over and over. And here comes Bartimaeus and Jesus says, it's, it's obvious. And Jesus says, what do you want? It's obvious. But Jesus wants him to even speak it. Like you, you move even by speaking. I want to receive my sight. Jesus tells the, 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 the blind man in, the, in Mark chapter 8. So Jesus takes him by the hand and he moves him out of, out of Bethsaida. And Jesus, the, the, the blind man in, in John chapter 9, Jesus tells this blind man, after he spits and makes mud and puts it in his eyes, he was born blind, he tells him, you go wash. Yeah. No, no, like, let's help the brother. Can, can somebody help a brother out? Chale con ese jale. Like, like you get going. Like, like you go. You want your healing. You want your relationship. You want your restoration. You want this next level. You want this next stage. You move. Start opening. Crack the Bible open. Spend some time in God's presence. Be faithful to God on a Sunday. Just, just have God be number one. Move from your, I was going to say your lazy posture. Move. Move your posture and your posterior. That's like, 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 like really clean, really upscale. Move. How many say amen? So Jesus says, you go wash. Not, not like, hey, bring him a bucket. 
No, no, you go wash. Um, how many say amen? One of the things, one of the ways that we can all move, all of us can move, is that why don't we start by taking God with you when you leave church today? So, so take God, take the, the word of Jesus, take the presence of Christ, take the power of his presence with you. So the first thing when you get into your car, what is in your car that you have to change or maybe move or maybe change that radio dial? That would be a movement, right? From whatever it is, if it's not already a podcast, a Christian, a radio station, why don't you move that? Why don't you move all that? I was going to say all that trash in your car, right? Move like, like it begins with order. When you get to your house, what are you going to move? What, what, what one thing that when you get into your house, you says, nope, this is not something that is in order. And because the miracle, even this miracle of, of feeding 5,000, 20,000 people, it began by putting things in order. Even the church had to get organized. There was no miracle until everything was in order. Until everyone was sitting, sitting in rows of 50, 100 rows of 50 people in order. Because if Jesus multiplied bread and fish and there was no order. It would have been a tumult. It would have been chaos. People would have ran each other over because they were so hungry, so famished, so desperate. And the human nature tells me, I got to get mine. I got to get mine now because this is a moment of, this is survival. And Jesus knew what's in our human nature. He knew that churches that just without organization, without next steps. That's why we believe that, that in order for, for us to go to the next level, we're inviting you to, to sign up for next steps. If you have not been baptized, move and sign up for baptisms. Uh, if you have not like embraced the process of growth, then, then sign up for next steps. I know it's a, it'll, it requires time, but anything worth, worthwhile requires time and investment. Move. We're about to launch in the fall, September, life groups afresh, brand new. We're just, we're, we're, we're new and improved. It's life groups 2.0. Life groups 2.0. It's the same vision, to, a place to, for us to, to, for you to belong, for you to connect, a place for you to grow. But hopefully the platform will be much more easily accessed. Uh, you you can not only join a life group and walk with the group, but maybe for those of us that are ready and you feel like, Pastor, I can't just sit here. I've got to do something. I've got to move. Maybe you say, hey, where's that list for? So, so that I can receive the training. I'd like to lead a life group or I'd like to facilitate or I'd like to be a host. Uh, the, the, the acronym host is, is have a heart for people. The O is for uh, host is for uh, um, 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 host. Uh, uh, the, have a heart. Open. Thank you very much. Never show me up in front of people. Yeah. Get out. No, just kidding. No, no. Open your home. Open your doors to your home, your life. Give access. Open. Thank you. The S is to serve in host, the acronym. And then the T is just transition. Get ready for a little bit of technology. You don't have to do it ever. You don't have to do it all. How many say amen? God is wanting you to just today, just take God with you outside the church. How many say amen? So, so we want to, to have you. Number two, just real quickly, move it. What is it? Uh, those things that God has given you, it, move it. Your time, your talents, your treasure, your temple, your witness, your story, your testimony, 
and then your tongue. Move it. Move it from your own hands and put it in Jesus' hands. Amen. I'll say that again. If, if God is going to do something that is extraordinary, that is akin to a miracle, then not only just decide to go the move from dependency to, to interdependency or into independence to dependency on God, to trusting God, uh, flowing in God's spirit and, and plan and word, but move it from your hands. Uh, your time, your talent, your treasure, your, your temple, your testimony, your story. Um, it, like if it's, it's, if it's just all in your realm, in your, your hands, even your, your tongue, and put it in the hands of Jesus. How many say amen? amen. So I want to do something. I want to, um, you know, I brought this as an illustration. Because the, the, the point of, of how, you know, I, most of us know sports or played sports in high school. And um, I don't know what you think this basketball is worth, but it was like $29. And with inflation, you might as well call it $39. Okay? But when we bought it, it was pre-inflation. Pre-inflation. So let's say $29. I don't know, this baseball, probably $4, $5 is what it's worth. And it's, that's probably what it's worth in my hands. And this football, I think it was like on special, uh, Walmart, maybe $19, I don't remember. Um, something a little bit more expensive is this is, is, is golf club. So if anybody needs an anointing today and you want to get close, just come, right? And, and give it every once in a while. I, I, I haven't golfed recently, but, but, but this golf club is probably $100. It's probably close to $100. Uh, but in my hands, it's pretty much useless. Okay? They have intrinsic, inherent value in my hands. But if you move some of these, if you move this football, let me see who's up there first. Probably Seth Curry. Seth. So, so this basketball, the same basketball, is, he, is it Wilson? Yeah, it's a cheapie. Yeah, it's, yeah, sorry, sorry, sorry. But the same basketball in Seth Curry's hands is worth about 45 million, 46 million dollars a year in his hands. Um, same thing with a racket. If you had a racket, if I had a racket, it's pretty much just the SWAT flies and Daniel. Yeah, when he gets me upset, right, Daniel? Just rack them up, right? I'll rack them up. But it's pretty much useless. But, it, but in somebody like Serena's hands, back when, just, just, she, she, this is not even, this is not even talking about how much they're worth in, in terms of their marketing value. Uh, football, all of us know Derek. How many, how many know that Derek is a homeboy? He's a homeboy. He's a Raider. Yeah. This is, uh, okay. Yeah. If I say Jesus is Lord, you're like, Jesus is Lord. But if I talk about Derek being a Raider, yeah. Okay, no, I'm being facetious. But, amen, he's a homeboy. And, and, but this football is, is at least $40 million a year, a year in terms of, so what's the difference? This football in my hands, $19. In Derek's hands, it's $40 million a year. So what's the difference? It all depends where you put what you've got in whose hands. Like, like if you give Jesus your life, if uh, we were talking about the, um, the young boy that came to Jesus and he offered him um, his fish, his loaf of fish. And um, 
And so when, they, when he came to the presence of Jesus and um, the first disappeared, it was here. Um, but Jesus, uh, but Andrew comes and says to Jesus, Jesus, there's a boy here that has two, two fish and five loaves of bread. And, and it's almost like he had a breakthrough. So Philip says, can't do. Not even if we, all of us work a year's wages. We couldn't even begin to feed this crowd. Andrew comes and says, hey, wait a minute. Wait a minute. There's a boy here with, with some lunch, with, with some bread and some fish. And then he just, he says, but what is this with, among so many? And then Jesus says, let me, give me the fish. And what I'm trying to tell you is that the, well, the minute that the, those loaves and those fish came into Jesus' possession, it changed everything. It changed everything. So you can bring, and somebody says, Pastor, my giving is so little. Yeah, it's, it's just in your hands, it's little. In your mind, it's not enough. But when you give it to Jesus, when you give it to God, when you place it in an offering, uh, it, it just becomes exponential. The power of multiplication and what God can do with your time with your talent, with your treasure, with your uh, time that you invest in the kingdom of God. Can, can you set it up of that, that video of what happened here on Wednesday? Set that up and then let me know when it's ready. Just your time. When you tell somebody and you give God your testimony, your life, when you put your life in Jesus' hands, even your finances, even your giving, just God takes it and he multiplies it and he takes it to the next level. And I, I want to just, just kind of have you um, trust me or trust, trust the Holy Spirit in this process of giving God your next, putting what in your hands is menial, what you might consider so-so, so what, and just giving it to, to Christ Jesus, especially your time, especially your talent, especially saying moving, moving from um, basically um, independence to dependency, moving from being idle and just coming and, and enjoying and I pray a good Sunday service and moving it, moving yourself to serving, moving to serving. And um, I want you to watch this video. Most of you were here Wednesday. Some of you were here Thursday and Friday. There was over 100 volunteers, uh, two, more than 240 kids that were here on Wednesday and over 138 uh, Thursday or Friday and Friday. I just want you to see this video because uh, I'd like for you to just, many of you deserve appreciation and praise. Would you guys play that if you have it?
Look at how many people there. Those are just the volunteers, some of them, that, that just did an incredible job. And some of you are here, and I want to thank you. And I want to I challenge you with this, that, that move um, by putting your time and or, or your talents, your treasure, whatever you have in your hand. If it was Moses, it was a, a rod. Uh, a rod for me is like useless, but for Moses, he used it to divide and open the Red Sea. Uh, if, I, if I get a, um, a sling, for me, it's like good luck, you know. But for David, it was what he used to slay a giant, a sling. Um, so, so what is it that God has put it in your hand that you need to, that you have in your hand that you need to give over to God? When it comes to even giving, so move from just giving to giving intentionally, giving intentionally. To move uh, by giving your best uh, in faith. So move from just giving, giving your best in faith, because that matters. Uh, move from just emotional giving, sp sporadic giving. Every once in a while you give because you feel compelled. Sometimes you feel guilt-ridden. Don't do it because of that. Uh, God, God has more resources than what the, the, he, he doesn't need or hand-me-outs. Or he doesn't need, uh, like for me to... Um, he doesn't need my tithe, even though it's part of what we believe is a biblical standard, not a mandate, not a, uh, you know, something where he's going to castigate or punish you, but it's a, it's a standard. The tithe is a standard. Um, and a lot of us give God a tip. Like when you go and you go to a restaurant and somebody serves you well, you, you give God maybe something that's left over, something that you think you can afford, something to kind of appease your conscience. But, but I want to, I'm going to ask you to move from emotional giving which sometimes is guilt giving or, or you know, you feel uh, pressure, no pressure, but, but, but give as, a, as out of your will, out of your volition, plan giving, that is principled giving, that is that, that you know that in your heart, that is what God is asking you, proportional giving to what he's giving you, uh, because you are going to be sowing in kingdom uh, difference making. So give God your best, uh, the best of your time. Give him your talent. Give him your treasure. Uh, and then number three, in your notes there, um, uh, in your notes, um, for your outline is move from, from shallow to the deep. Move from superficial to, to being more committed, more focused, more surrendered, more fully engaged. Don't stay as a visitor or as a spectator. Get involved. Get entrenched. Uh, go to the deep. Um, in your notes, you'll see Luke chapter 5. And, and when, when Jesus was there, the Bible says that they were attracted to his preaching. Uh, a multitude like this one, not, maybe not as large, was there. So Jesus um, asked Peter, can he borrow his boat? Peter, can I get you? Can I borrow your boat? And if you read verse 2 and 3, Jesus tells Peter to just launch the boat to the shallows. Just a wee bit. That's what the Bible says. Just a bit away from the shore. And, and that's, where, that's where it was. Stationary as Jesus was preaching. I'm sure Peter and John and everyone who was there. But, but Peter was listening to the word of Jesus. And I know that he was being moved by the words of Jesus. And so Jesus says to Peter, launch or move your boat to the deep. To the deeper end. And that's when Peter protested. He says, Lord. And, oh, so he did. He moved it to the deep. And then Jesus says, cast your net to the right hand. And then Peter says, Lord, I've done it before. I've been here. Just this very spot. I know this lake really well. And I've tried to do this over and over. And I did it all last night. And I caught nothing. I caught nothing. 
but nevertheless, I love that. But, but when he caught nothing, Jesus was not in the boat. I think I'll add that one right now to my notes. Jesus was not in the boat. But he says, but nevertheless, at your word, at your word, um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cast my net. So we know the results of what happens when you just go and you take the next step and say yes to God. Whatever he's asking, whatever that is, it'll probably involve a sacrifice. It'll probably be something uncomfortable. It'll move you from, from where you're comfortable, the shallow part, the shallow end of, of just feeling and living secure to, to the deeper end where that's where your catch is. That's where your miracle catch is. That's where the transformation takes place of our home, our family, our kids, our, our children, our marriages. That transformation happens in obedience to God saying, serve, get involved, get connected, go to the next level. Don't stay in the shallow from superficial to the deep. Would you bow your heads with us? Would you bow your heads with me today? So Father, we're so grateful for your presence. So grateful. So grateful for the honor of just sensing that you are ministering to this house through worship and through the expressions of serving this week, our community. There was several dozens of brand new families, brand new kids that have never come to church that were part of this summer blast. And we give you glory. We give you praise for them, many of them giving their lives to Christ Jesus. I pray, I pray that each and every one of us decides and be, is able to discern divine and decide what's my next step. Because my next step will take you to your, new, to your next stage. From the shallows, from superficial uh, serving God, just to appease our conscience to, to deeper relationships, more meaningful engagement, uh, more results in our life, in our testimony, in our sharing, our time, our talent, our treasure, our temple, our testimony, and, our, and using our tongue to bless others for life and not cursing, uh, to give life and not death, to encourage and not discourage, because power of life and death is in the tongue. So we just thank you. As your heads are bowed, um, would there be somebody here today that says, Pastor, just, just as you're ministering, preaching, I feel compelled to just live right. I, I, I don't feel like I'm living right. I want to give my life to Christ. I want to surrender my life and ask Christ Jesus to be my Lord and Savior of my heart. I don't have that confidence. And I'd love to leave this house today with Jesus as my Lord and Savior. If that's you, would you just slip up your hand wherever you're at? Would you just slip up your hand? I see a hand. Anyone else? Man, gracias. Thank you. That's awesome. Appreciate your hands over here to my right. Thank you, guys. Ladies, God bless you for just slipping up your hand. That's awesome. Anyone else would just slip your hand up and saying, I'd like to have that confidence that Christ Jesus is my Lord and Savior. Amen. Church, would you just pray this if you, if you raised your hand with me? Uh, those of you that raised your hand in your heart, would you just say this very simple prayer? Uh, and church, would you repeat it with us? Say, Lord Jesus, today I surrender and I receive you as my Lord and Savior. Forgive me of all my sins, my past, my present, and by faith, all my future shortcomings and sins. Be my Lord and my Savior. I want to serve you with all my heart to the end of my days. Through Christ Jesus, I pray. Amen. 
and amen and amen. Let's give the Lord a clap offering. Hallelujah. Thank you so very much for joining us today on the Lifehouse podcast. I pray and hope this message has encouraged, inspired, and challenged you to grow closer to God. If you would like to be a part of what God is doing here at Lifehouse, visit our website at lifehousechurch.com. That's lifehousechurch.com for more information or consider subscribing and share it with one of your friends and family. Thank you again for being part of our journey, your journey, that will lead you to know God better, grow together, and go serve and make a difference. Thank you again. God bless you. See you next time.